couple of weeks ago, we gave out these cards. And if you've been around here at TCF very long, you know what they are. You take time to write down what you were thankful for. Then on the other side, you take time to write down what you'd like God to do in your life. If you did not get one of these, we have them at the red desk. I believe we might have some at the back table. Uh, if you know somebody you'd like to give one to, uh, I'd love for you to pick up one of these and give it to somebody. But I want to say a couple of things to you about it, and then I've got to, I want to jump in and talk to you about what I've got on my heart this morning. This is a great opportunity for you to thank God for what he's doing in your life, and it's a great opportunity to pray. So on the side that was 2021, you make a list of some things you're thankful for. Now, I keep my card on the visor of my pickup. So if I'm in line at the bank, if I'm in line at Sonic, uh, if I'm uh, at the store waiting on my wife at the dollar store or whatever it is we're doing, if I have a few moments, I'll pull that card down and I'll read it out loud to myself and I read it to God. And I'll just go through and read, Father, I'm thankful for my marriage, whatever I wrote down. I'm thankful for my grandkids, and I'm thankful for my great church. And you just confess and talk to God about what you're thankful for. Then on the other side, you just turn it over, and you can pray it. Hey, God, I thank you. Whatever you write down. Hey, God, I thank you for an improvement in my job. Or, hey, God, I thank you for a raise at my job. Whatever it is you need God to do, you can pray it. And so it's very simple and very powerful. And so I just want to encourage you to fill out one of these, put it somewhere where you'll see it regularly. I, mine's in my pickup, and it really helps me. Then we have written on the bottom of it is our verse for the year, which is Psalms 4610, be still and know that I'm God. So every time you look at your card, you'll be reminded of what God said to us this year about what his verse is. And I want to read that to you this morning in two different translations. Psalms 4610, this is New King James. Listen to what it says. Be still and know that I'm God, for I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, let me read that to you in a different translation. This is called the Passion translation. And you can get this translation online on the YouVersion Bible app. Now, there's more to it because there's more words. But listen to what it says. So, I love this first phrase. It says, surrender your anxiety. Now, I heard somebody the other day, and they said that anytime you go to work, you go to church, you go to a ball game, you go to a basketball game, anytime you go anywhere where there's people, that within that group, there's always people who are depressed, who are discouraged, who are dealing with fear, who are dealing with anxiety. Right here this morning in this service, there are some of those people here. You may be dealing with anxiety. You may have fear. You may be struggling with depression. You may be struggling with discouragement. There are some of those people here this morning. I have been one of those people. Now, I'm doing okay right now, but there's times in my life I've had fear. There's times in my life I've had anxiety. All of us at different times have dealt with this. Listen to what God said. Surrender your anxiety. Surrender your fear. Surrender your depression. Lord, I give it to you. Be still and realize that I'm God. 
I'm God above all the nations. I'm exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands. Then it gives a description of who the Lord Jesus is. Listen to this. It says he's our commander. He's the mighty Lord of angel armies, and he's on our side. When I was growing up, you know, I would go to church with my grandmother, and I went to church with my parents. And a lot of times when you'd go to church back in the old days, they would have a painting of Jesus up somewhere in the church. You know, it'd be framed, and it would be on a wall. It might be in the hallway, and, you know, it might be in the foyer. But somewhere there would always be a picture of Jesus. Somebody had painted it. And inevitably, you know, Jesus would have long flowing hair, and he would be kind of thin, and he would always have on his clothing was kind of like this white sheet, uh, you know, and it was it would be long down to his feet and he would have on sandals. And, and I'm not picking on those paintings at all. Don't misunderstand me. But they never attracted me to Jesus. Okay, I would see those paintings and I would see somebody who I thought seemed thin. They seemed weak. And I would, and you know, to me as a young kid, I thought, I, I don't want to have to wear a sheet every day. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't want to have to go to school in a sheet every day. And so it just did not attract me to Jesus. Listen, that's not who Jesus is. Listen to who Jesus is. He's the mighty Lord of angel armies. Okay, that's who Jesus is. The Bible says when he comes back for the battle of Armageddon, he will ride a white stallion. He'll have a sword and he'll, be, he'll wear a garment that's dipped in blood. And it says out of his mouth will come a two-edged sword and he will slay the armies of darkness. That's who Jesus is. Okay, he's not some wimpy little guy. He's the mighty Lord of angel armies and he's on your side. Isn't that good? See, he's not against you, he's for you. The Lord of angel armies loves you, knows you, and he's on your side. Then it says the God of Jacob fights for us and to pause in his presence. Now, I want to go back to King James, and I want to break down the promise that God's given us, and I want to show you some very simple, practical things with the time that I have left on what you can do to make this verse a reality in your life. In the coming year, the coming weeks, even the coming days, you are going to see this verse pop up in your life. What do I mean? Okay, you may be, maybe you'll be on social media. Maybe you'll be on Facebook. Maybe you'll be on something else. And you'll see this verse come up. Somebody will post this verse. Maybe you'll be looking for something on the internet and you'll see this verse. Or you'll be traveling somewhere and you'll see it on a billboard. Or maybe you'll be listening to a radio station and somebody will quote this verse. But I promise you, throughout this year, this verse is going to pop up in your life. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to recognize it as God. Okay, it's not an accident. Okay, it's not serendipity. It's not uh, any of those things. It's God speaking to you. Next time you get on your phone, next time you get on your iPad, next time you're on your laptop, and you see that verse, here's what I want you to do. I want you to recognize it as God speaking to you. And here's what he's saying. I've got this. I've got this. Whatever mountain you're facing, whatever it is you're dealing with in your life, when you see this verse, it's not random. It's the Spirit of God speaking to you. Now, listen very carefully. All of the Bible is God speaking to us. Amen? 
Anytime you read the Bible, God is speaking to you. It doesn't matter where you read in the Bible, God is speaking to you. If you've read the Bible very much, you've experienced this, and here's what I'm talking about. Have you ever read your Bible before, and you just see something in there that maybe you thought you never saw before, and it just kind of jumps off the page at you? It's just kind of illuminated to you, and you think, man, I never noticed that before. I never thought that before. And, and you might grab a pencil or a highlighter and underline that. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit illuminating the promises of God in your life. So God is taking Psalms 46.10, and he's illuminating it to us. He wants us to notice it. He wants us to pay attention to it. So when you see it throughout your day, your week, your year, always I want you to recognize, hey, God is saying something to me. Now I'm going to go out on a limb. In the coming days coming 10 days, I believe every single one of you are going to encounter this verse. Somebody's going to say it to you. You're going to see it somewhere. And when you do, I want you to recognize God is speaking to me. What's he saying? He's saying, I've got this. I'm taking care of you. The very first thing it says is to be Still, let me show you some very simple things you and I can do to allow that to happen. The first one I don't like, my wife likes it, but I don't like it, and it's stop talking. Okay, now I'm not a very good listener, but I'm a great talker. I'm the kid that got a whipping at school for talking. Okay, I went to school back in the day when you got whippings, and they didn't call and ask permission, they just took me to the office and gave me a whipping. And I would get weapons for talking. One of the last things my wife says to me at night when we go to bed is, honey, please be quiet. Because I've always got one more thing I need to tell her. Right? Your blessing is her curse. Amen? All right. But one of the simplest things you can do is take a few moments in your day and stop talking. The next one is unplug. Now, I'm being serious. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. All of us are plugged in nearly 24 hours a day. Unplug. I don't mean unplug all day. I don't mean unplug for three or four hours even. What if you just unplug for a few minutes? What are you saying, Pastor? Yeah, put your phone up, turn off your computer, turn off the TV, turn off noise, and just spend a few moments listening to God. Bring some silence into your life. Listen, God will not shout over the noise in your life. He won't. He won't. Listen, if your life is noisy, I've been in people's homes, and uh, they have a radio going in the background. And, and I'm not against the radio, and I'm not against music, but it's like the radio's on, and it never turns off. In other words, it's on all day long, and it's like background noise. Okay, I have a family member that had two daughters, and they each had a TV in their bedroom, and they had the TV on in their bedroom all the time, and at night when they went to bed, they turned down the noise, the sound, but they left the TV on all night. And you could stand in the hall and look into the door of the, of the bedroom, not facing the TV, and you know how you can see the TV, how it flickers on the wall? And it did that in their room all night long. So all I'm asking you to do is take a few minutes throughout your day and spend some time unplugged so you can hear God. The next thing is to listen. 
Don't just listen with these ears, but listen with your heart. Listen, God is speaking. There's an Old Testament prophet named Elijah, and he was on a mountain in a cave, and God was teaching him how to hear him. And so God brought a windstorm. And it says in the Bible, the storm was so fierce, it broke rocks, it broke boulders. And then God told Elijah, that's not me. Then he brought an earthquake. And he said the earthquake was so powerful that it shook the mountains. And then God said, that's not me. Then the next thing he brought was a fire. And the fire raged in the mountains. And God told him, that's not me. Then he invited him to the mouth of the cave. He got up and went to the entrance of the cave. And when he got there, he heard a whisper. And God said, that's me. The Bible calls it the still, small voice of God. Like I said, he will not shout over the noise in your life. To hear a whisper you have to listen. You have to still yourself. You have to unplug. But listen, I want you to know something. It's worth it. Now, I'm not saying do it for five days. I'm not saying do it for five hours. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm saying take time to do it regularly for even a few moments. The next thing is stop arguing. Have you ever argued with God? Man, I have. Yeah, be prepared for him to answer you when you do that. Okay, now I'm not saying you can't ever argue with God. I've argued with God about things. But if you would stop arguing and just trust God and listen. And then the last one is to stop questioning. Stop questioning. Now what are we talking about? We're talking about being still before God. God, I want to put myself, I want to put my heart, I want to put my demeanor in a place where I can hear you. So God, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to unplug. I'm going to listen. I'm going to stop arguing and I'm going to stop questioning. The next thing he said was, and no. Did you know there's an interesting story in the New Testament where Jesus is standing before some people in heaven who are, who are being judged. And here's what Jesus says to him. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, I'm, I'm so, I don't even know what to think about that verse. Here's what it stirs in me. He doesn't say, depart from me, you evil, wicked person. He doesn't say, depart from me, you vile worker of iniquity. He doesn't say, depart from me, you whoremonger. He didn't say that. He just says, hey, I, I don't believe I know you. When the kids were little, you know, I, I talk to people everywhere I go. It doesn't matter you know, where I'm at, I talk to people. And when the kids were little, they'd say, Dad, do you know that person? And I'd say, well, no, you don't have to know anybody to talk to them. You know, and then after I talked to them, I'd say, yeah, I do know them now. Right? I, I, yeah, I do know them now. Okay? Jesus said, I just don't know you. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you feel like you know God? Now, I'm not trying to condemn you, and I'm not trying to mess you up. I'm not trying to turn you upside down. I, if you've invited Jesus Christ into your heart, you know God. So I'm not trying to trip you up. That's not God's heart. But all I'm asking is, as you do some of the things I'm talking about, you'll develop a closer relationship with God, and then when he sees you, he'll know you. Amen? Be still and know that I'm God. What are some simple things we can do? Stop doubting. Be sure 
and then have faith. Listen, you know what you're doing this morning? You're starving your doubt and you're feeding your faith. Listen, I'm so proud of you for coming to church this morning. I'm so proud of you for getting up and getting your family ready and getting over all the hurdles and obstacles you had to get over. Hey, when Vicki and I were young, the biggest fights we'd have all week would be on the way to church. I mean, right? I mean, we'd about run off the road and flip the car because we're having such a huge fight, right? You know, and then you pull up in front of the church house and you're just thinking, I'm not even going in. I mean, the devil would save the biggest fights of the week for Sunday morning. You maybe have them at home. I don't know when you have them, but, but we have them. And I'm so proud of you for pressing through that. And I'm so proud of you for coming and bringing your kids and coming to the house of God. And here's what's happening. You're building your faith and that pleases God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're worshiping together. We're giving. We're praying for each other. We're loving on each other. We're hearing God's word. And listen, we're being strengthened and encouraged. I read the other day that people who don't go to church have all kinds of struggles, and we have struggles. I'm not saying we don't, but they have all kinds of struggles. It's hard on them mentally and emotionally. When you come into the house of God, God by his spirit touches you and changes you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for coming into the house of God because you're starving your doubts and you're feeding your faith. So you need some faith. The next thing you need is you don't need a second opinion. Now, I believe in second opinions. Okay, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says something's not right and you think, man, I, I think I better just get checked by somebody else, there's never anything wrong with that. But when God gives you a word, you don't need a second opinion. I said, when God gives you a word, you don't need a second opinion. When you come across a promise from God and the word of God, you don't have to go find out from somebody else. Hey, is that right? Hey, is that true? Listen, you know what God is saying to us this year? Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of your family. I'm taking care of what's going on in your life. And listen, I don't need a second opinion. Now, the devil always wants to give you a second opinion, doesn't he? Yeah, he always wants to pull up alongside of you and say, that isn't true, that isn't right. You can't have that, and that's a lie. You don't need a second opinion. Then the last thing he says is, I am God. Listen to some attributes of God. Number one, he is almighty. Your Father God is almighty. He is in control. God is love. God is king. Listen, we live in a democracy, and thank God for it. I'm so grateful for America. I know America's not perfect. Uh, we got big problems. We got things going on, but we get to vote. We get to go down and cast our vote, and, and we may not like who, who wins or who doesn't win, and I'm not trying to make any kind of political statement, but you and I are citizens of a kingdom that has a king, and his name is Jesus. And he will be king forever. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And you are and I are citizen of that kingdom. And we're going to live in that kingdom forever. You have to put up with me for eternity. Aren't you excited? Amen. You might have to move somewhere far away. Amen. <laughs> Listen to the next thing. God is my hope. He's my rock. And he's my fortress. And he's ever present. The Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. Listen, if you feel like God's not close to you, that's a lie. He is. If you feel like your prayers don't get above the ceiling, that's a lie. They do. God hears you when you pray, and God is with you wherever you go, and he promised he would never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says God is our father. Now, I'm very blessed and very lucky. I had a good father growing up. 
I had a good mother growing up, and they loved each other. Now, I lost my dad. He died in an accident in his job when I was a freshman in college, but I wasn't eight years old. I was 18 years old. Okay, and it was a tragedy to lose him, and it was hard, and it was terrible. But I had a chance to grow up with a good father, and I'm thankful for that. And when somebody says, God is my father, you see, I don't have trouble thinking, hey, God is good, and he's my father. But I know there are those of you who maybe didn't have the experience that I've had. Maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you didn't have a father at all. Maybe he was absent, or maybe he was distracted or busy, or maybe he was hard and mean or hateful. I know many people have had bad experiences with their dads. And when I get up here and say that God is your father, you can instantly kind of pull back and recoil and think, yeah, that's all great for you, but I didn't have that. Listen to me. If you didn't have a good earthly father, you have a good heavenly father. If you didn't have a good earthly father, you have a good heavenly father. God is your father, and he wants to show himself strong in your life. The last two thoughts, and we're going to close. God is your shepherd. Listen, the Bible says we're sheep, and sheep need to be led, and your shepherd is the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you will allow him, he'll lead you. He won't drag you. He won't put a halter on you and pull you. He won't tie a rope around you and drag you. He won't do it. Just like he won't shout above the noise in your life, he won't force you to follow. You see, he's not going to tie a rope around your neck and put it over his shoulder and drag you where he wants you to go, and you got your heels dug in. He won't do that. You have to say yes, but he's a good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. Listen, you'll never go wrong saying yes to Jesus. You'll never go wrong following Jesus. Never, never, never will you be sorry. All you got to do is follow him because he's a good shepherd. The Bible says so. The last thing is this simple truth. He'll lead me, he'll protect me, and he'll restore me. Be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. I've got this. I've got this. Would you close your eyes? Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for every person in this room. Father, I'm so grateful to be a part of this great church. I'm so grateful for these brothers and sisters in Christ and that they're my, my family. And I'm so grateful for their love and their influence in my life and my family's life. Father, we want to be still and know that you're God. We want to know that you've given this word specifically to us. And Lord, we want to know in our hearts that you have got this. Whatever we're dealing with, whatever's going on, you've got it. Father, as we leave this place this morning, that we would go encouraged and strengthened. The rest of our day would be good. Our week, our coming week would be good because we were in your house until the next time we gather together. Father, I love you. And I'm thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Praise God. Would you all stand to your feet?